Get out of it this morning. Amen. But God wants you to know that you can be saved. God wants you to know there's a real salvation. Here in 1 John chapter 5, uh, the, uh, the apostle John, whom Jesus loved, of whom he laid against Jesus' breast, he wants you to know that, there's a, that God has a message for those who are saved this morning, and he has a message for those who are not saved. There's a determinative way to know, uh, you know, and it has nothing to do with your struggle. It has to do with everything that what God says. And believing what God says is what's important concerning salvation. And there is a real salvation. There's a fake salvation. There are those who are riding the coattails of Christianity. Uh, we were in Sunday school this morning in John chapter 15, and Jesus was telling the story of being the vine. We know that he was talking to his disciples. We know that there was one in there that wasn't part of the vine. Anybody That's right. His name? Yes. He was plucked aside. He was cast asunder and forever. He is a testimony to all those who would disbelieve. He is a testimony to all those who end up in the land of perdition, in the land of destruction. He is testimony of those who could walk so close to Jesus Christ, could hear every word that came out of his mouth, understood everything he was saying, Amen. and yet chose perdition and chose destruction. There are people like that within the body of Christ. And I, I would pray this morning that that isn't you. I would pray this morning that if I was to ask you, are you a Christian, you'd be able to tell me, Brother L, this is how I know I'm saved. The Bible says here in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also, that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is true. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, hath made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record. That God hath given us, given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Amen. He that hath the son hath life. And he that hath not the son of God hath not life. Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. We pray this morning, God, that you would bring some illumination to this. That Lord, our hearts would beat a little faster and our minds would dig a little deeper. As when we look beyond the fake and the incredulous around us and all the falsity, Lord, that of words and things that we have seen in images in the past months and years, weeks and even hours, Lord, things that are just not true. Lord, show us the truth of your son this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, if you ask someone this morning, are you a Christian? Are you born again? Do you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ? You would get a whole bevy of answers. And, you know, maybe in a crowd you may say, uh, I've noticed that if I ask three or four together, 
Most of the people say, yeah, but if you get someone along by themselves and you ask them this all-determinative question about who you are, uh, and you know, who, what is your place, what is your position, who do you belong to, it's really weird when you get them along, their question, their answer will begin to waver. They'll not be as forceful as they are in a crowd. That's, most people say, well, I'm trying to be. Some people say, well, I'm hoping to be. Some people say, well, I'm working a lot toward being better. There's all types of answers to this, to this question that are, t that are demonstrably false. They're just not true answers. You know, there's no way that you can try to be a Christian. There's no way that you hope that you're saved. There's no way that you're trying to make yourself better so that one day you'll enter the kingdom of God. If, you, if you're in those categories, then you're deliberately not understanding what it takes to be saved and what Amen. it takes to be a son and a daughter of the living God. Amen. The Bible makes it plain. Jesus does not want us to be without a witness. And when someone asks you if you're in the land of the faith, what I call the land of the faith, you know, years ago... Uh, I remember, uh, I remember doing this, and I'm not, I'm not proud about it. I remember buying a fake diamond. Years ago, I got engaged. Years ago, when I was lost. And I remember buying this big old beautiful fake diamond, putting on a really nice ring, wrapping it in a lot of stuff, and placing it on this girl's hand. And she thought she had this amazing four-carat diamond ring. And then one day, long after that we, had, we got disengaged, I don't know how you do that, we got disengaged, and she went to sell the ring and couldn't find out the big old fat diamond was a cubic zirconia. <laughs> and so her ring was only worth whatever the gold price was. She thought she was going to get that much money. And she ended up getting this big old fake ring. And look, and I didn't know what the difference was. And I said, well, how do you know a fake diamond from a real diamond? You know the difference between a fake diamond and a real diamond? The real, the real diamond has inconsistencies. It has impurities in it. It, it, is, it is very, I mean, it, is, it has inconsistencies. There'll be things where it's grown and, and how it was formed. It'll be inconsistent, not pure, but that, that old cubic zirconian, it looks very, very, very pure. It looks beautiful. It actually looks more beautiful than the real diamond. Sometimes that which is fake, sometimes when that which is so beautiful can actually outshine that which is real Amen. and genuine. I mean, we get fake news. I never heard about fake news about four years ago. I didn't even thought about fake news. I just listened to news. I didn't know what they were saying. But hey, look, I've come to believe that 99.9 .9 things that said Amen. out of the house of human being is fake news. Amen. Amen. It's called telling your side of the story. See, when it comes to the gospel, your side of the story doesn't matter. And their side of the story doesn't matter. There's no way to spin the gospel. There's no way to spin the message of God where you can say, well, I think I am, I hope I am, I'm trying to be. No, you know, there's all types of fake things. I, when I go in my closet, my wife used to have this printing press, and she made me some shirts. <coughs> and, and they say underarm, but they're not really underarm shirts. And, and you know, I can tell they're not underarm shirts because the, the, the sole, an underarm shirt, does not, it's got antibacterial, and it won't make those silly stylings out of your shirts. So if you want to find out if somebody's shirt is fake, look at their underarm, and usually it's going to be a little dingy there because it doesn't have the antibacterial uh, uh, material that keeps you from forming that nastiness on your shirt. See, there is a way to judge the faith. How do you judge the fake Christianity? How do you deal with one's soul when they're so enamored and stuck in it? How, how do you get a person out of this place? It's hard to unteach a fallacy than it is to teach the truth. It's hard to get somebody out of something so deep and so dark. You can't remove it. The Bible, the Bible wants us to know that there is a way to really tell what genuine salvation is. The Bible says here in John chapter 5, verse John chapter 5 and verse 1, Whosoever, that means whoever. Can anybody say whosoever? whosoever. <laughs> That's whosoever. That whosoever chooses to believe whosoever can become a Christian. Whosoever, look, it doesn't matter where you're from. 
It doesn't matter what you look like, man, boy, girl. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your, your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your level, socioeconomic level. It doesn't matter whosoever that believes that Jesus Christ is born of God. So what you got to do is be, it's to believe. So brother, I believe you really believe. Let me ask you something. I said that you believe. When he said, I come to believe in Jesus Christ dying on the cross. I heard the message of salvation. I heard that Jesus Christ died for my sin. I heard that he went to the cross for me. I heard this story, and it broke my heart. And, and I listened. I said, you know what? I want to believe. Let me ask you something. When you believe that day, or in that month, or in that year, or in that week, let me ask you, did you, were you born again? I mean, were you actually born again? Because the Bible says to the people who believe, they are born of God, that something had to happen to you. Something different had to happen in your life that wasn't there before. It, it wasn't a feeling. Look, you are actually born again. You become a different person. Behold, the old things have passed away. All things have become new. Amen. Have you realized there's a civil war in your soul? <laughs> have you realized now that you're warring against the flesh? Have you realized now there's the Spirit of God is living inside of you? Look, I'm born again. I'm born of the Spirit of God. I love God. All the hope in myself has been abandoned. Look, if you're really saved this morning, you know there's nothing you can do to save yourself. Amen. If salvation was 99.99% God, and that 0.0.1% was you, <clears throat> you and I would still be in our sins, we'd still be lost. There's nothing in us that can save us. There's absolutely nothing that can bring us to glory. There's nothing that can make God love us. The only thing that can save us is to fall at the feet of Jesus Christ and to bow our knees there and say, God, I need you. I need complete without you. Lord, I cannot do this without you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. The Bible says here, we are the true circumcision, which worship God in spirit and truth. You know, never putting any type of strength or any type of confidence in the flesh. I've been serving God 35 years. I've never had any confidence in what I can do. I've never said, look at what I've become and what I've done. I mean, you know, you don't pat yourself on the back and say, it's, no, it's not of me. It's a gift of God. God has done this. Look, there's something John says that happens that when you believe you're born again. Let me ask you this one. Were you born again? Amen. Are you different? Are your appetites different? Everything in your life, do you have a desire? Or are you bent toward heaven? Do you find yourself going toward Christ? It says, by this we know we love that we are the children of God. Because we love God. Look, loving God means we want to obey God. Amen. And his commandments are not grievous. That's right. It really bothers me when I hear the person that's been saved a year or two or three years down the road. Say, Brother Dale, this is a struggle. No, you may be in a struggle, but this is not a struggle. Amen. It's not a struggle to serve God. It's a struggle when you straddle the fence. It's a struggle when you're disobedient. Right. Right. It's a struggle when you're in sin. It's a struggle when you want to live out in the world. It's a struggle when you want to listen to your flesh. It's a struggle. Come on. But if you're loving God, look, if you're born again, you're loving God, this is not a struggle. Amen. The easiest thing I've ever done is preach and teach and live for God. That's the easiest thing I've ever done in my whole life. It's very easy to wake up and serve God. When I was lost, it was hard. When I was lost, my life was hard. When it was lost, I was a liar. How do you know how hard it is to keep up the lies? you got to be pretty smart or you're going to get yourself in trouble really quick. But you lie and you lie and your whole life is founded upon a lie. Everything is precipiced off of a lie. Everything you do, every relationship, everything is about a lie. When you're lost, that's all you do is lie. I don't have to lie. I don't have to cheat. I don't have to steal. Look, it is amazing to wake up and just tell the truth. Amen. It's not easy to just tell the truth. Truth never changes. That's right. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about what you're going to say. It's the same. I've been saying the same thing over and over for 35 years. It's almost like I'm almost like a parakeet because the truth never changes. It's always the same. You love God. Look, and it's not that your life is perfect. 
don't know about you, there's times when I want to kick the cat. Can anybody say amen? amen. I'm sorry, Miss Shannon, but sometimes I just love to kick the cat. I'm not going to kick the cat, but sometimes I'm just tired, I'm aggravated, I'm, I'm exhausted, I haven't had the right food, I haven't had any sleep, I mean, I mean I'm tired, I mean, I'm hurting, I'm, my back's hurting, whatever's going on, whatever's happening is happening, and I'm exhausted, there's just sometimes if you came around, I may want to kick the cat. Kick the door, Miss Shannon says to the cat. But that doesn't mean I'm a cat kicker, amen? Doesn't mean I'm kicking cats all day long. I would hope you'd come live a week. Don't do it. We've had too many people in the house. But uh, <laughs> I mean, live a couple weeks, a month. I hope if you live with me a month or so that you say, you know, there's something different about him. He handles uh, adversity differently. He, he handles his problems differently. He really has a bent a different way. He loves to forgive and care. And he really, he really, he really is that bad old preacher guy after all. You know, he really does care and love people. And his heart is bent toward his television, his heart, his life. Everything in his house is bent toward Christ. And it's not religion. It's I love Jesus. I'd love you to see that. Amen. But see, you'll see snapshots of people's life. you think, wow, they're saved. Look at how good they are. Or you see the snapshot and do something bad, it's always a cat kicker. You put it all on the internet. You don't have to you kick a cat and you put you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you better not kick a cat. <clears throat> Hope I ain't making no cat kickers out there. But see, you being conformed by the image of God and the inclinations change. See, the real deal is you're born again. This is how you know. Look, this is how you know what you know. You're able to receive it. You know how hard it is to receive instruction as a man? Men are the most difficult, look, we're the most difficult of all. We'd rather be beating what was run behind the truck than take some advice from another man, eh? but we can receive it from the Holy Ghost, amen? amen? Now, some of you ladies may be like that, but I just don't know you like that, amen? Uh, but the men are always stubborn and hateful and pig-headed. They don't want to hear. And we learn a different way. But look, it's an amazing thing to know that God is, is changing us inside out. We can be humble. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. There's a way to know you're saved this morning. You're born again. Do you think different thoughts? If you woke up, if you woke up in a world at war, the Bible says in 4 verses 4 through 5, who has overcome the world? You know, how do you overcome the world? Well, as you pastor, I can tell you, some of y'all ain't doing a very good job. Can anybody say amen? You know, I'm going to tell you, as you pastor, some of us are not doing a very good job. We're not trying to overcome the world. We're making peace with the world. We're trying to live in the world. We're trying to perform in the world. The Bible says to love not the world, neither things of the world. Any man love the world, then the love of the Father is not in it. When the Bible says that there's three things in the world, there's here's the three things you got to fight against, and it's the lust of the flesh. Amen. What is that? And that thing you're living in, that's a big house of flesh you live in, your spirit's up here. It's like it's like a really clean, a person sitting in a, in, in a big big sewer pit, that's what it is now. You, 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 you train this thing your whole life, it, it wants the food it wants, it wants to go to the place it wants to go, it wants the little cushy pillow it wants, it wants the bed it wants, it wants to sit in certain cars, it wants the temperature to be certain things in the house. Look, that flesh is horrible, and the flesh wants what it wants. Are you denying your flesh? Do you know how to say no? Or do you got to come in and hit the, hit the, hit the thermometer? And you, find, you find out who you are when you walk in and see if you hit that thermometer and you come through that door. They'll be like, look, that's how I found out about myself. I didn't know my wife had the sense to, to, to put the air conditioner right in the house. I didn't. I thought when I first come home, if I came in the house and the air conditioner was wrong, then everybody in the house was what? Wrong. Man, we got to change that thing. It's 76 degrees. One at 74. One at 77. Look, there's something in the floor. has been there all day. i got to get up. Look, what is wrong with me? I don't have to be this way. They've been there all day without me. They did just fine. <laughs> but I think about it. It's me. It's my flesh. It had nothing to do with salvation. Look, I found out a lot about me by being married. I found out a lot about who I am. This flesh, well, I love things a certain way. 
I like it. And some of it's rough. I don't like it soft. I like it rough. I like it tough. But some people like it soft. Can anybody say amen? Both of us are wrong. You've got to learn to overcome the lust of your flesh. Are you overcoming the lust of your flesh? What your flesh likes? What your flesh wants to do? It, look, it's not about who I am anymore. It's about who you were. It's about who you are. You have been born again. You're different. You, you have to learn to overcome this. And the Spirit does this. He said, what about the lust of the eyes? Man, this has been my biggie. The Bible says the eye is never satisfied. Who in here besides me after they buy it don't like it, huh? Who in here besides me, you never saw any of those problems that you got at home? It's called buyer's remorse. You get it home and you don't like it. You get it home, it's the wrong color. You get it home, it's the wrong size. You get some of you women know this about shoes. Y'all go buy them shoes knowing they're too small. Amen. Every time you buy them, they're too small. They get home, they hurt your feet. You got to go back. It's a trick. They just want to go back to the store and buy more shoes. I, 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 I figured this out years ago. They're really not trying to get them shoes the right size. They want to go to the shoe store every day. But look, there's something about the lust of the eyes. Your eye is never satisfied. They're never pretty enough. They're never handsome enough. It's always something. You Only by the Spirit of God can you say, hey, what I have is good enough. What I have is good. Amen. What I have is awesome. Right. But you know, overcoming the flesh, the, the, the lust of the eyes is hard. I was telling someone this morning, you have to take captive the things you see. I'll, you know, I learned a long time ago to train my eyes. I don't know where you men or women are. I learned to train my eyes this way. First of all, you women quit calling being pretty, amen? But and second of all, second of all, you say, that's somebody's, that's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's sister. That's somebody's mother or somebody's, somebody's, somebody's family member. You start looking at them as family member, somebody's daughter, especially men that's got spilled children. You wouldn't want nobody looking at your kid in lust. Learn to, right. learn to captivate your eyes. Right. Look, you know, that belongs to somebody. That's somebody's daughter or sister or mother or brother or whatever. Helps you with your eyes. I do what help you with the eyes on the cars and stuff out there is go to the parking lots. Go, go find out what everybody's paying for a car. That is a man I'm glad you got that really happy with the eyes right there when you have to go to work for that extra 20 hours to get that pile of junk that you didn't need that's breaking down now that you didn't need it. But you know, the pride of life, what's that? That's after you've arrived. You know, in a Christian, you don't never arrive. Christian, you're never proud of what you've done. Because there's nothing that we've done. When you walk this road for 15, 20 years, you realize it's not you. You know, this ain't Facebook religion we're involved with here. This is real stuff where our families hurt, where there's real problems and struggles and That's right. Where your, your life is put into a cauldron and you are tested every single day. I told my wife, I think God meant for us to have an orphanage or something. I don't know. Growing up, I didn't want any children. I guess God said, yeah, you did. You didn't know you wanted them. I never wanted children. I never did. I got saved. I still didn't when I got married. But I got them. And I said, well, now I can learn to deal with them. But over life, I learned to love them and, and care for them. Now God just keeps sending them down the pipeline. What I do, I mean, God says that the most of the life, it ain't about who you are. You know, I'm not ashamed. that I, 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 I really hate what some of my family members do. I hate it. But you know, I'm not ashamed that I am who I am. And, and I still have hope for my family. They get saved. I don't care how sorry and undone and underground they are. I don't care how many failures they have. I still can say that's my son and my daughters and my children. Because I don't have no pride about what I've done and who I've become. You'll never hear me bragging about the Puyian blood. You might be sick here somewhere <laughs> bragging about the blood. <laughs> oh, our blood. I used to have a man tell me, I got married a long time ago, and he said, You can't raise that boy. You can't raise that boy. All of his kids are just crazy now. I feel like, Hey, you see what you said, buddy? 
It's in the blood, and all the blood's bad. Amen? It's through one blood, uh, through one man sinning into the world, death by sin. For Adam's blood is upon us all. We've all sinned through him. Pride of life. But there's a real test you can know. There's a test you can know. You believe. You come to believe. You love God. You love other people. Something's different. You don't have a pride of life anymore. God's stripping you of your lust of the place, lust of the eyes. And in verses 16 to 10, he said, look, you are not alone. I don't know where y'all are in your life and walk with Christ. But the greatest thing ever happened to me, I wasn't alone. See, even when I knew that I was unable, I still had to have it. Even when I knew I couldn't get her, I still wanted to get her. And even after, and it had to be the prettiest, had to be the smartest, had to be the brightest. And I wasn't capable of doing it, so it took me doing a lot of tricks to get it. I had to, had to do a lot of flips and stuff to get what I wanted. But even when I got what I wanted, when I was at home at night and in my life, in my house, when I laid my head on my pillow, it didn't matter who was beside me. I was still alone. Something was still missing inside. There was still something missing. Now I couldn't realize there's not a man, there's not a woman, there's not a child, there's not a job. There's nothing to fill a hole that's in your heart in Jesus Christ. Amen. There's nothing to fill that. You can, you can search your whole life. She'll never be pretty enough. He'll never be handsome enough. It'll never happen. But something happened to me on August 5th, 1987. God deposited something in my heart, and I've never been alone. It's called the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. Most of the biggest confusion I've ever had has been in the church, church of God and, and dealing with people. And they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. I'm saying, man, he is here. He is here. He is here. He's been here. He never leaves me. It really scares me when people tell me that God leaves them. I don't know where he's going because he tells me if you're saved, he will never. Come on. I'll never leave you. Where did he go? What are you waiting on? What are you trying to get? The Holy Ghost is living inside you. There's a voice of the that tells you how to do this. Do this. This is the Spirit of God. He says, you're not alone. I am not alone. If you come up and catch me talking to myself, it ain't myself I'm talking to anymore. <laughs> if you come up and hear me singing to myself, it ain't myself I'm singing to anymore. Amen. If you call that singing belling, whining, or crying, whatever it is I do, because you're not alone anymore. If you're in this building this morning, you're, you're lost, and you got saved, you know what I'm talking about. You are no longer alone. Amen. You're no longer alone. I'll never forget when I got married. You know, I had this, this male chauvinistic idea that I was going to ride in the same day with my wife. She really needed me. Whoa. She had to have, I was going to save her day. I was going to be the knight in shining armor. I was going to take all her burdens, do all that stuff, and just help her so much. And you know, it just destroyed me when she told me, I don't need you. <laughs> she said, I don't have to have you to be complete. You, you ain't saved nothing. <laughs> you, you ain't been no knight in any shining armor. You never rode in on a big horse. And you ain't, I don't need you. I got Jesus, and I'm fine. Amen. And I promptly told her the same thing. <laughs> and 27 years later, we're still together, amen, because we don't need each other. We don't need each other. We got, we got what we need, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, we want each other because we love each other. We learn to love one another. But see, when you got Jesus, when you got the Holy Spirit within inside, you got the witness of God in you. That's why I don't get drunk. People say, why don't you get drunk? That's why I don't get drunk. I haven't been drunk in 35 years. I hate this job. No, no, I'm always going to struggle. Quit saying that stupid stuff. I'm always going into trouble. No, you're not. You can overcome this. Amen. There's freedom. Is there not freedom in this? Freedom. There's freedom. You don't have to go there. You don't have to be forever, ever. Your whole life learned you're going to mess up and fall down to the gutter. Oh, no. You don't have to. Look, that is a lie from Satan. It is a lie. Amen. 
you can overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You don't have to lie. You don't have to cheat. You have to steal. It doesn't have to be done. There is hope in Jesus. He lives in life because God lives in you. There's real salvation out there. There's real help and hope. No matter where you are, you're never alone. Amen. Never, ever alone. There's somebody to tell you, you're going to make it. You ever, you ever, I talk about the end, I've got a whole series of sermons. I've got to wait and preach if I get feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's going to be. It's not why me, but try me. I mean, what's the sign up for them sermons? <laughs> not why me, but try. I got a whole bunch of stuff wrote out. Not David said, David never said why me. David said, try me. Amen. You know why? Because David wanted to live close to God. That's right. If you want to live close to God, you want to say, try me, not why me. You don't say, why is this happening? You say, bring it on. Come on with it. Come on with it. Let, let, just leave what's left, and we'll build from there. He says, you're not alone. you got the comfort of the counselor. you got the, the wonderful person of God living inside of you. For all those who have problems with that, I, I feel sorry for you. Because the Holy Spirit wants to live in your life. You can't live there like it is. He has to have a new heart. That's why you have to be born again. That's why you have to be different. Don't you notice there's no, there's no, there's no contingencies here. There's no things that you have to do here. There's no signs that follow you. There's nothing that's going to happen. And there's nothing different. There's nothing weird here that will ever make you think that you couldn't be saved. Amen? There's no prohibition. There's no greater or lesser Christian. There's no, those who got it, those who don't. Either you got it or you don't. Amen. There's not levels of Christians. In verse 11, he says, you got to believe the record. The record of God. Do you believe what God has said? You know, the world tells me there was no hope for me. I was an intellectual psychopath. I was one step from being a psychopath. I, just, I, I didn't just act out on it all the time, but I had no feelings. I don't know if you're the person that never had any feelings. I don't even know if you know what that feels like. You may be a psychopath in there. You may, you may be just narcissistic. You may think you're better, smarter, more intelligent. You think different than other people. Is that for it makes you better? That's what narcissists do. They think they're better. They think because they can process information. Isn't that weird that people think they can process information or better think they're better than other people? That's weird, isn't it? That's where I was. I thought because I was an information processor that I was better than other humans. I mean, you need to look at how human beings live. You don't see who's better. Amen? Who can make the better choices? Who can not kill themselves? Who can provide better? He said the record. God had provided us with a record of what God had done. God had provided us with a record of his son. Here's how you solve this. You got to get saved. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Whosoever believed in him. Whosoever. Hear that word. It's whosoever. I used to see a shirt people walk through and say, I am a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. I'm the one that said I want to be saved. I'm the one that stepped out and said, I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of trying to jump. I'm trying. Y'all know how hard it was growing up trying to dunk a basketball? Ryan can tell you I can't jump that high still. My son in law used to play basketball with him at the wild when before he knew me and I knew him. And, and I could stuck, I tried, but I never could jump. I remember for years trying to learn to jump. Look, I don't care what they say, I could not learn to jump. <laughs> It was hard. You know how hard it is to be try to be handsome and handsome when you're not? You know, that's really hard. Some of us can't change this. We can't wear makeup. We're not transvestites. It's the truth. You know how hard it is trying to run fast and you can't run fast? I looked at the stories of those guys. Well, you know what? I was little, but I was fast. I tell the truth. I was little, but I was slow. <laughs> I wasn't fast. I was mean. I had grit. 
did something when someone was talking to me, I only had another voice inside of my head. Thinking I was looking how to poke her eyes out, how to juke them in the throat, how to cut them somewhere where they couldn't see it. The whole time they're talking, I'm looking at them, man, I could kill him, he wouldn't even know it. And then thinking I'm this nice little sweet little nerdy guy that knows a lot about books. I'm thinking, man, I could kill him a thousand ways and you know he's dead. I didn't have no feelings. You ever been there where you didn't have no feelings? Look, August is 1987. I got a full dose of feelings. The Bible says you will know, they will know who you are by love one for another. Has your love changed for people around you? Not just the people around you, but different, different, different social statuses. When you see those drug addicts on the side of the road, do you get mad and angry? Do you, do you feel do you feel empathy? Do you, do you feel empathy? Do you, do you feel sadness? Yeah, and you know, I'm in a battle. I, I'm gonna get angry right now, but I can't get angry. Anger will kill me, kill who I am. I can't be. I have to be peaceful, loving, kind. I have to, I have to continue to reach out. The record of God is there's eternal life in Jesus Christ. Amen. There's hope for the hopeless. There's help for the helpless. All a person has to do is stop and repent and be born to be born again to believe in Jesus Christ. Everything, every road that's ever taken, every wrong that's ever been done can be righted in one moment in your mind before God. In verse 12, verse 12 it says you have to have possession of the Son. Hereby perceive we we love the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Isn't that awesome? He said if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. And he says here, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that has not the Son hath not life. 